it's interesting, different sales philosophies. Some, some salespeople, they just go through their career as a series of finite games. Just they're very transactional uh, in nature. Uh, they're very transaction oriented. Uh, they crank, you know, lots of transactions, but very seldom build any relationships. Uh, what we teach in Ninja Selling is that, uh, yes, we want to cr <laughs> crank a lot of transactions. We want you to have very high income, uh, especially income per hour, so you can have a life. But one of the ways to do that is along the way, build these and maintain these relationships. So um, the relationship is very, very important in our sales philosophy. This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson. And we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I've got Larry Kendall with us, and we're going to talk about tactics to become a sales ninja. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, Larry. Hey, Stephen. Thank you for the invite. Appreciate being here. Absolutely. And you know, just by way of introduction, um, Larry is a, a leader in the real estate industry with over 45 years of experience, and he's the founding partner of The Group Inc., one of the most successful real estate companies in the U.S. He's also the co-creator of the Ninja Selling System, which is used by 100,000, more than 100,000 sales professionals worldwide. His book, Ninja Selling, Subtle Skills, Big Results, is an Amazon bestseller and received the Axiom Business Book Awards gold medal as the best new sales book for 2018. So, Larry, it's great to have you on the show. I was hoping to, you know, learn a bit about uh, all the stuff that you teach and uh, get get the folks, the outside sales people on the on who are listening today, exposed to these ideas. Well, great. It's a it's a pleasure being with you. And uh, you know, you may wonder how did we come up with the name Ninja Selling and uh, it's named after one of our sales associates in our company who had the highest income per hour of anybody I'd ever worked with. And his nickname was the Ninja. So uh, that's uh, that's where the name Ninja Selling comes from. And our goal really is to help uh, uh, sales associates increase their income per hour so they can have a life. It's a great way to think about it because, you know, a lot of times the demands of sales eat up our life, right? Yeah, I see, uh, you know, it can be an addictive profession. You can end up waking up and working all the time and uh, you'll pay a price for that in your, in, you know, in your body and your relationships. And so our approach is to how can you have high income, but at the same time, have a high, uh, have a quality life. Yeah. Well, it's a great uh, lens to think of the job through is what, what am I making on, a, on an hourly basis to tell me what's the first principle of ninja selling um well i guess i know what the first principle is from the book it's personal mastery but what's the how can salespeople cultivate the concept of personal mastery uh through their mindset and and the actions that they take on a daily basis well i think the first uh, step in in uh, the mindset part is controlling your emotional energy and uh, psychologists tell us at any given point in time a, a human makes a choice to either be a victim or a player and uh, clearly, if you want to be a high performer, you need to spend more time being a player than a victim. It's easy to, to slip into the victim mindset. You know, if you lose a sale or if you have a bad day or, or something, um, and certainly the media <laughs> can uh, try to put you there. But 
Um, managing your emotional energy, uh, our net energy ranges from negative energy to positive energy, low energy to high energy. So at any given point in time, you're in, in one of the energy quadrants and the high positive quadrant is what we call the performance quadrant. So uh, whenever it's time for you to meet with a client, uh, you want to be in the performance quadrant and you want to stay away from those negative energy quadrants of high negative or low negative. Um, nothing good happens when you're in those when those energy spaces. So um, that's the first step is managing your emotional energy. Interesting. Yeah, there, there's definitely been a such a swing to a victim mentality and uh, over the, the last, I don't know, generation. Um, 20 years. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe social media has made us given us a good platform to explain why we're, why we're all victims, but uh, there's, that's definitely a predominant thought, I think. And I, I guess I, you know, in, until coming across your stuff, I never really made the connection. It's like, why, why are there all these old guys that are so, so good at sales? And I wonder if it's, you know, it's because they didn't, they, they don't have to overcome having a victim mentality. Cause they, you know, if you ask someone who's born in 19, you know, I don't know, 45, they, they've just never, they've never had a victim mentality, right? They just, they, they, uh, it wasn't a part of their, the cultural ethos back then. Yeah. I, I don't know if, it, if it's age. Uh, I do notice that uh, there, especially in the media, there seems to be almost a celebration of victimhood. And um, if you, if you look, look at most stories, you know, whether it's in the print media or, or the electronic media, they, they like to feature victims. And, um, and, and, and that's okay, but don't be a victim yourself. You know, you, you, you know, your mindset is I'm a player and I'm going to manage my emotional energy and I'm going to be at the cause of what's happening rather than the effect. And no matter what happens to me, it's how I respond that determines the quality of my life. And so, you know, having that mindset, I think is very, very important in sales. Yeah. And it's probably fine to be a victim in a lot of professions. So I, I can't think of many where it would help, but certainly in sales, you know, if, if, if you're kind of spending a lot of time making excuses and, you know, fretting about your, your, your situation, those are, that's time that you're not spending thickening your pipeline, hammering, hammering new, new, you know, building new, new relationships and, and, and developing the ones you have, right. It's because there's only, there is only, Energy is finite in, in us humans, right. sadly. Time and energy are, are finite. And so we have to use it wisely, especially in sales, because it's a you know such such a challenging career relative to a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. How you invest your your time and your energy is is the key, really. And so I guess the investment of time and energy is is kind of focus, right? And and you know, our attention can be a commodity in the modern world, especially I think there's a lot of things that demand our focus. How would you recommend that uh, that salespeople focus more effectively to improve their output? Well, I'm a believer that uh, your most important hour of the day is the first hour. And that sets the stage for your focus for that hour and for the entire day. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Robin Sharma. You may be familiar with Robin. He's a international business coach. He's Canadian and uh, he's done quite a bit of research on on the importance of the first hour of the day, and and uh, we, what we teach in Ninja Selling is um, a morning routine that takes about oh fifteen to thirty minutes, 
and we call it the Ninja Five. We have actually uh, something called the Ninja Nine, but five of them are daily habits, four of them are weekly habits. And I think the best thing uh, to help you uh, start your day uh, in a focused mindset and to maintain that is to start your day in that first hour with uh, what we call the Ninja Five. And um, uh, briefly, those, those five uh, habits, uh, habit number one is start your day with gratitude. Uh, and affirmations. The gratitude will move you into the uh, positive energy place, and your affirmations will remind you of your goals. So it's very important to start your day that way. That helps focus. Uh, the second thing is to um, uh, time block your day and your week. Basically, take your to-do list and schedule it. A lot of people have to-do lists, but if you if you don't schedule it, you you know the day gets away from you, and and at the end of the day, there's your to-do list, and you can carry it forward to the next day. So there's a lot of research on time blocking, especially in sales, how powerful that is. And so um, that would be number two. Number three would be to write two personal notes, uh, most powerful thing you can send to another human, and becoming more powerful because fewer people are doing it. Um, number four is then to pull out and review your hot list. Your hot list is a list of people that want to buy or sell. They want to buy or sell with you uh, typically fairly soon in the next 90 days or less. And you need to be focused on that group every single day um, and ask yourself two questions. Number one, who's ready to write a contract? That should be a priority for me today. I, I can't get distracted. That's got to be top priority. And number two, what is the next step for them in the sales process? What do they need to do next to advance the sale? And so uh, going through that hot list, asking those two questions. And then uh, the fifth uh, habit is your warm list. Now, the warm list is uh, people who want to buy or sell, but they may not know it. Uh, but you know it because you're observing the changes that are going on in their business or their life. And they may want to do something in the next year. And you need to keep, keep them top of the mind again. Um, and so when you start your day with the Ninja Five, it makes a huge difference. Um, I've, uh, I've talked to so many people that have been through our courses and have read our book. And I say, what's the one thing that seemed to help you the most? And to much, much to my surprise, they say, well, it's the morning routine, the Ninja Five. So um, uh, I, I, would, I would start my day with, with those five habits. Yeah, we, we kind of coach a lot of our um, customers at Badger to do something similar because, you know, our customer, outside salespeople have to interact with people across their territory, right? So the, the concept of the hot list and then the warm list, we kind of have that built into the product where, um, and different people call it different things. It's, you know, sometimes they'll, you know, they'll rate their companies on a one to five or, you know, prospects on a scale of one to five, or they'll call it hot list and warm list, or they'll, there's a lot of ways to do it. Red, orange, green, blue, whatever. Um, but I think hot list, warm list, cool list is a great way to do it. And then we'll, we'll coach them to like, well, was you're designing your week, make sure you turn on just what is hottest and make sure, Hey, when I'm driving past these, these folks, is it a good time to just pop my head in? Should I schedule an appointment to pop in? Like, how do I, do I design my week around them? How, you know, depending on how, how white hot to cool hot they are, but, um, cool hot, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's keeping yourself focused on the right customers is, is so important. 
Exactly. You know, one other thing, uh, Steve, uh, that's important in that morning routine is that you not turn on your devices first thing. Uh, because what you want to do, you, you've got to do these five habits and you want to stay on your agenda. And the minute you turn on your devices, you, you start checking your email or checking your social feeds, suddenly whose agenda are you on? Uh, you're on everybody else's agenda. You've lost focus. Uh, the day has just started. You've already lost control of your agenda. And so, um, we, you know, the Ninja Five Daily Habits take 15 to 30 minutes. That email, those texts, all of that can wait 15 to 30 minutes, especially if you're uh, starting early in the day, which I do. And I think a lot of salespeople get an early start to the day. You know, I, I basically think there's never time. It's never, it's never a good time to be checking your Instagram feed. <laughs> it's what, uh, whether it's first thing, but it's, but yeah, the work, the beginning of the morning when you're, when your mind is sharpest and you're able to accomplish the most, it's probably the worst time. Maybe, you know, maybe at 8 PM it's a, it's a better time, but it's still not a good time, but you know, I guess zone out time is good at some point anyway, but yeah, it's, it's a, definitely the, the beginning of the morning is probably not a good time to be doing that. Yeah, and I, I, for me, it's it's emails that can really derail me because I have so many like business type emails, but they can jump above things that are far more important on my to do list, right? So I think that's a, a trickier thing for business people is that you know getting pulled, and especially in it now that we've slackified business, you know, and everyone's got IMs, that's one of the, the you know one of the ways you can really get pulled off track. I think is is because uh, yeah. you're you're next. You, if if you've got Slack and notifications turned on, then next thing you know, you're 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 doing the thing that's number high on someone else's to do list, but not some not the thing that was high on your to do list. Right. Very. So that's that's definitely an important thing to think about. Where is your focus at? Are you reviewing your hot list and your warm list? I I, I love that. And and on gratitude and affirmations, the first thing you, you you talked about. Could you talk a little bit more more about that? Like we. What do you mean when in the you're saying in the first 25 minutes of the day every day you should be thinking you should be thinking about gratitude and effort and, and doing some kind of affirmations like to remind you of your goals what is what does that mean to you like what is the actual activity that you are suggesting people take part in well uh there's quite a bit of research on uh the power of gratitude it's a very powerful energy um and um uh whether you just uh Set quietly and and reflect on what you're grateful for. Whether you have a gratitude journal, whether you have a um, maybe a, a gratitude booklet. Uh, you know, there's a gratitude of the day. There's those books are, are popular. But what gratitude does is it moves you into a positive energy, which is the whole idea. You want to be in what's called the performance quadrant, which is high positive energy, and uh, and you want to do that first thing in the morning, you want to start your day in that in the performance quadrant, it's time to perform. And uh, there's quite a bit of research. Uh, Dr. Robert Emons at the University of California at Davis has done a lot of that research. He's devoted his career to it. Uh, he's got a number of books out, you can read the science behind it. Um, so I think that's very important. And then obviously, you need to stay focused on your goals. What are your goals? What, what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, why are you doing this? And affirmations um, not only help uh, keep you focused on your goals, but also 
uh, help program your non-conscious to, uh, to help you achieve those goals. So um, I think those, those two gratitudes and affirmations are uh, very, very powerful uh, with your mindset. You know, I guess I, listening to you is kind of causing me to connect th- two things I've never actually connected in my mind today. And that's um, being, be, having a lot of gratitude is like the opposite of being a victim. Absolutely. And I've never, I've never thought about that. I've never, until hearing you kind of juxtapose the two, I've never made that connection. Well, in fact, uh, you need to have strategies. You're going to end up as a victim at some point. You know, stuff's going to happen in your life. Uh, you know, stuff happens. And the key to it is, is not to remain in that victim mode any longer than you have to. So you've got to have some strategies when, you, when, when, when stuff happens and you get angry or you get depressed that you can uh, can move out of that as quick as possible. And gratitude is one of them. Um, another one that uh, the science uh, is, is uh, exercise. It's very difficult for somebody to be depressed when they're physically exercising, especially aerobic exercise. Um, you know, reading something positive. Um, you know, a walk in nature to get perspective. Um, hanging out with positive people. Uh, you know, the only people that like to be around a victim is another victim. Victims like to hang out together. You know, hang out with the players uh, in your in your in your friendships or in your company. Um, you know, develop strategies that when you find yourself depressed or angry, that you can move out of those out of that energy space and move into something more productive. Uh, and and gratitude is is a great one. Yeah, that, I mean that makes a ton of sense to me. Well, once you think about it, it's it's uh, if you're sitting around thinking about, well, these are all the areas I'm fortunate. These are the things I have to be thankful about. It, it's the up. You know, it, it takes you away from you know, oh, is me attitude. And I think that's important in sales because it, you know, everyone's territory sucks, and everyone has the toughest customers and the biggest quota. And you know, it's 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 easy to re- get get stuck wrapped stuck wrapped with your head wrapped around that rather than just chipping away at it and you know coming to the end of into the year out ahead of things right it's uh right it's a it's i think that's really important what you're talking about here um what about the concept of the infinite game that you talk about what why why can why can the infinite game be such a game changer for salespeople? Well, let's define a, an infinite game uh, versus a finite game. And the first time I, I was exposed to the idea of the infinite game was back in the 80s. There was a book written uh, called The Infinite Game. And uh, more recently, Simon Sinek, uh, probably most famous for his book, uh, Start With Why, um, he updated that uh, research and, and wrote a book called The Infinite Game, which is excellent. I highly recommend it. Um, he defines a finite game as a game where there are known players, there's rules of the game, there's a start, there's a finish, there's a goal of the game, usually it's to win the game. Uh, sports would be an example of, um, of a finite game. An infinite game is different in that the players can change. Uh, there is no start or end. Um, and the goal of the players really is to continue the game. And so, uh, you know, you can end up playing both games simultaneously. 
And uh, sales is an excellent example. Um, I'll give you an example for real estate, but this would be true whether you're in car sales or uh, yacht sales or insurance sales, whatever sales uh, you're, you're in. Um, the transaction is an example of the finite game. So in real estate, it starts with a contract, it ends at the closing. Uh, the known players are, you know, the, the buyer, the seller, the realtors, the banker, the title company, et cetera. Um, at the conclusion of the transaction, the game ends, and that's uh, uh, what we call a finite game. But the ninja salesperson also has the idea that this is just also an infinite game called the relationship. And the relationship continues. Now, it's interesting, different sales philosophies, some, some salespeople, they just go through their career as a series of finite games. Just they're very transactional uh, in nature. Uh, they're very transaction oriented. Uh, they crank, you know, lots of transactions, but very seldom build any relationships. Uh, what we teach in Ninja Selling is that uh, yes, we want to <laughs> we want to crank a lot of transactions. We want you to have very high income, uh, especially income per hour. So you can have a life, but one of the ways to do that is along the way, build these and maintain these relationships. So um, the relationship is very, very important in our sales philosophy. And, you know, in, in real estate, somebody will on average own a home for eight to 10 years. So you say, well, why would, why is it important to maintain that relationship for eight to 10 years? Uh, well, because along the way, uh, and the research shows that each person knows four people who will move this year. And so that's four potential referrals if you maintain the relationship. Uh, same thing is true in other forms of sales, whether it's, you know, car sales, insurance sales, business to business sales, whatever. Um, uh, the, our mindset on the infinite game, the relationship game is uh, the referrals. I mean, it's the most important part of our business. And we're because we're a software company, we're able to measure this stuff pretty tightly. Um, yeah, but I, most of our customers, either their other people at their company already have what we do, and the company, the whole company is getting, it, or just more parts of the company are getting it. Or you can trace people that have switched jobs. And you're like, oh, where'd you guys find out about it? It's like, oh, well, this guy just came over from this company and they used you. And they're like, yep, there it is. But it's all, it's almost always one of these, like, not just even a referral, but like, a, you know, a, like this person has used it already or, you know, they, or like, I guess it is kind of a referral if it's your friend or colleague um, was using, was using it or your last company was using it. But um in thing, yeah, in things like real estate, this is so important. We have another, we have a podcast from Joanne Black, who's written like four books on referral selling, and anyone in real estate should definitely listen to that. That's she's she's so good about. She's got all kinds of tricks of the trade, and she she, uh, but yeah, referrals are so important in so many industries. Really, I mean, real estate is just one of them, but I mean, almost everything, but. Not to mention that person is going to come back and that person will sell their, your career is longer than eight years. And that right. person is going to come back and, and want something again. Um, we, we have a whole team. I mean, literally the, the team that handles our existing customers is bigger than our sales team at our company. Like the, mm -hmm. like handles them, meaning just helps them out gets their stuff set up, 
changes things when they need changes them just you know walks them through there is is the people that answer the phones basically when you know and and you've got every every company has a specific person assigned to them so they know their account yada yada but it's it's so important to a company's success to to invest in 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 the existing relationship totally totally the infinite game i like that yeah very cool um the the second principle in your system is to stop selling and start solving. It's a lot of S's. I like that. Stop selling and start solving. So how can salespeople use the principle of stop selling and start solving to differentiate themselves from the pack? And how does the how does this principle help? Well, you know, it's interesting. I was teaching a class in uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was getting on an airplane to come back to Colorado and. I met some folks there from uh, on the airplane from Denver. And they said, "What are you doing in Charlotte?" And I said, "Well, I was teaching a an ninja selling class." They said, "What do, What do you teach?" I said, "I teach people to stop selling." And they started laughing. They said, "You're teaching a sales course to teach people to stop selling. Tell me about that." And I said, "Well, uh, people love to buy, but they hate to be sold. Uh, nobody likes to be sold. And when they feel they're being sold, um, they put up, you know, a wall or they try to get away." Um, Dr. Evan Gordon has done some research on this. He said inside of every human, there's a little scanner that goes off every five seconds. And, and we ask ourselves, am I safe or am I in danger? If we feel like we're being sold, it sets off the scanner and we try to get away or we try to put up the shield or whatever. So part of our philosophy is <clears throat> never set off the scanner. Never uh, have somebody feel that they're, quote, being sold. Instead, uh, find out um, their pain and pleasure and, and provide a solution. So uh, that's, our, that's our approach. It's uh, very question-based. Our philosophy is our, our, our role really is to help people go from the life they have to the life they dream about. Let's figure out the life they have. Let's figure out the life they dream about. Okay, what's, what's going on with them? What's, what's going to take to help them get from where they are to where they want to be? Let's solve that for them. And uh, we do that by asking questions and listening for, uh, for change, listening for pain and pleasure. And um, we believe that the, the, the client or the customer should have what we call time of possession. That is, they should be talking about 80% of the time. 80, and, wow. That's yeah, so, yeah, 75 to 80% of the time. We, that, we talk, that's hard to do when you think about it, right? Like yeah, to, say, to sit down on a sales call and have them talk for, you know, 50 minutes of the six of the hour sales call. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Because a, t- a typical salesperson has been taught to what? Present. Present, you know, make a presentation. So um, Itch. the, uh, the classic uh, three-step sales process historically was make a connection make a presentation of features and benefits, and then close. And um, the ninja process is a four-step process. Step number one is to still make that connection, build that rapport. But then instead of launching into a sales pitch, launch into a series of questions. We call it the information step. So it's connection, then gather information. The information we're after is pain and pleasure. That's, those are the two things people are willing to pay money for is to solve a problem or to achieve some pleasure in their life. Uh, in your head, then, step three is to 
develop a proposal uh, or a solution, what you think uh, might work for them, and then step four is propose that solution. So um, we have an additional step in there, which is the information step. And the, the biggest challenge I have in training salespeople is to, they're really good at the connection step, but then they just can't wait to get into telling and selling into the presentation step. And I have to have them, you know, stop that and instead launch into a series of questions. Very interesting. And are, is, the series of questions, is that the Ford questions I've heard, I've heard you talk about? Well, the Ford questions I think are, are core or basic uh, questions in the process. I might uh, uh, share what Ford stands for, F-O-R-D. Mm -hmm. uh, the F stands for family and friends. Um, the O stands for occupation. R stands for recreation. And D stands for dreams. Um, so in the connection step, it's very easy to say, hey, how's the family? Or maybe you have mutual friends that they've seen or you've seen. Uh, or uh, occupation question, how's business? Recreation question, uh, what are you doing for fun? Uh, dreams question is, is more of a anything about the future. So what are your plans for the holidays or what do you have planned for this next year in your business? Uh, anything about the future. And our experience is that FORD, those are the four core areas of most people's lives. Those are the most important thing in their life. Uh, is there anything more important to them than their family and friends, their career, what brings them joy or their hopes and their dreams? And so <clears throat> Very strong connection occurs there. And also uh, in most products or services, if there's a change or a pain or a pleasure in one of those four core areas, it, uh, it's gonna affect their need for your product or service. So for example, in real estate, if there's a change in their family, a change in their, in their business, uh, their habits, you know, their, what they do for fun, their recreation, their hobbies, um, uh, their goals, it'll probably affect their real estate. So we don't ask them, hey, do you, do you want to buy or sell a house? We say, how's the family? How's business? What are you guys doing for fun? What are your plans for the, for the new year? And listen for change. Great advice. Um, and the principle, the third principle that I've heard you talk about is the build a relationship business. How can salespeople become more efficient and, uh, and successful in their role by taking the time to build out meaningful relationships? Um, and what do you mean by the principle of build a relationship business? Well, I think it starts with um, your, your business strategy. Um, and I'd like to recommend a book uh, by Adam Grant called Give and Take. Uh, Adam is a uh, professor at the Wharton School of Business. He's written a number of books. In this particular book, he did a research study on winning business strategies. And what he identified was there's really three stra strategies. Um, <clears throat> there's the givers who create value. There's the takers who extract value. And there's the matchers 
who exchange value. And he says, people tend to follow one of those three strategies. And he was curious, what's the winning strategy? Well, in the short run, the winning strategy was the takers who are really good at extracting value. I think a, a lot of people in sales develop that strategy. How do I, quote, get the sale? Um, and pretty much they get the sale and they move on to the next prospect and they try to get the sale. And it's very much of an extract value uh, strategy. What he found was that was the winning strategy in the short run. Um, that the takers uh, who are really good at extracting value did very, very well. The problem is in the longer run, you develop a, a, a reputation of being a taker and people start to shy away from you. So for that strategy to be successful long-term, you need a continuous supply of strangers. And if, if you're in an industry that provides a continuous supply of strangers, then that's a, that's a winning strategy. What he found was long-term, the best strategy, the winning strategy was the, the giver strategy, uh, creating value, creating more in value than you receive in payment. Um, uh, people are attracted to somebody who does that. And, and that's the strategy for building relationships. Um, the matcher strategy is semi-successful, although uh, if you're too much of a matcher, uh, your clients or your friends somehow think you're keeping score on, uh, you know, I did this for you, therefore you need to do this for me, that type of a, of a mindset. So um, if you are serious about building a relationship business, I would recommend reading the book, Give and Take, and I would recommend developing a strategy to always be looking for ways to create value for people. And, um, and that's, the, that's, what, that's our third principle of ninja selling is build a relationship business. Yeah, it kind of makes sense that takers are the short-term winning strategy and, and you know, it, especially if there's always a new supply of suckers coming down the, down the pipe. But I think more and more giving is giving, I, I, I see a future of giving being the, the, the most important strategy, especially because everything you do leaves a footprint these days, right? Like, yep. you know, there, there's, there's, uh, you know, we're, takers are at the mercy of, uh, of the Yelps of the world, right? And every industry Absolutely. has its, has its Yelps. And, uh, you know, if you, you know, I, I think even, even in a world that there's nearly infinite new people coming into the system that you could, in theory, you haven't, worked with them before you could take from them again the giving strategy is really good i think because of the power not only, not only will you get punished by the yelps of the world if you're a taker but also you're rewarded not only by the yelps of the world but by all these new ways that the word of mouth spreads if you're a giver and do you know create a lot of value and kind of give it away at a reasonable price it just creates all these like positive feedback cycles. You know, it's like all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of customers that you don't really have to work very hard to acquire. They just kind of show up at your doorstep and they already kind of believe that you're good because they've, they read about you being good in all in a couple of places and did a few internet searches. Just, it's, I think that, uh, yeah, ta taking, 
might have worked in the 80s or something but now it's just it's such, it, there's so much more transparency in the world i think yeah. you know yeah. the the giving strategy I, yeah build a relationship business principle number three i love it <laughs> <laughs> um and and we you talked about the five uh the five daily habits and then the ninja nine is the weekly habits you didn't you didn't talk about uh, what those four extra habits, they, is it four extra yeah. habits you do once a week? Or? Yeah, yeah, you bet, Steve. Um, it- yeah, we, we teach uh, something we call the Ninja Nine, the Ninja Nine Success Habits, which really is, is a, 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 a simplified business plan, frankly. If you just follow the Ninja Nine in your, in your business, you're going to be successful. We already talked about the five daily habits, uh, the Ninja Five. Start your day with your morning routine which with those five daily habits the 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 four weekly habits we would recommend that you time block your schedule a time to do those and um, uh, i'll go through those uh, briefly habit number six is your client service calls or your customer service calls um in real estate you know calling all of your sellers to give them an update on the activity on their listing for the previous uh, week, uh, what's going on in the market, uh, for your under contract buyers, an update on their transaction, you know, status of the loan, uh, the appraisal, et cetera. Uh, perhaps it's somebody that's referred you, uh, a client, uh, give that person who referred you an update, let them know that you appreciate the referral. Uh, just, you have a, a, a reason to call. And we found also, uh, let's say that you have uh, 10 client service calls that you need to make this week, um, how many potential referrals could come out of those? Well, each one knows four people who will move this year. So that's 40 potential referrals. So you're, you're doing two things. Number one, you're offering what we call fabled service. You're offering great service to your clients. And number two, out of that could come additional business, uh, referral business. So that's habit number six. Um, I, I just love that fabled service. People people write fables about this. They will sing songs around fires about how how you how you performed as a salesperson. I, that's that's fantastic. I, I love well, that. it's back to what you were talking about earlier about the power of of social media in today's world. You know, I mean, if you're providing a fable level of a fable is a story, and and it's you know they'll tell the story. It's called word of mouth and it spreads and uh, they'll spread the, the, the fable. And so uh, habit number six is very, 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 very important. Uh, habit number seven is in real estate, it's two live real estate reviews per week. A real estate review is a simple um, overview of the market and uh, what's going on in the market, what's going on in the valuation of their property and answering any questions they have. You know, uh, it and, could and, be a so, and to broaden this to all sell, all, all sellers, so I guess it, it's blocking time to communicate what's going on with, with your active customers. If I look at my other professionals, you know, my, my investment advisor, Justin, you know, he calls me at least twice a year. We have a sit down. Uh, uh, at least one of those times will be a sit down. The other one's usually on the phone. But give, giving me an update, a live update on my portfolio, what's going on, uh, et cetera. Uh, insurance reviews, same thing. Uh, let's sit down, review your insurance, make sure you're adequately covered. 
you know, my banker, I sit down once a year with my banker, my line of credit, etc. Um, I sit down, <laughs> don't sit down, I stand once a year with my doctor, um, you know, my dentist, uh, I mean, all of your professionals, um, they have this annual review, uh, mortgage review, uh, you know, and so you're really, and it's not intended to be some sort of disguised prospecting call. Uh, what we find is a business comes out of it, usually a referral, but you're there to offer service, to answer their questions, to create value for them. So uh, very, very important. Um, habit number eight is what we call 50 live, uh, 50 live interviews a week. Now these are interviews, these are not sales calls. Uh, this is not a boiler room where you're just uh, dialing for dollars. These are 50 live interviews. And an interview is where you ask forward questions and listen for change, okay? So um, those 10 uh, customer service calls in Habit 6, those count in the 50, okay? The two live real estate reviews in Habit 7, those count. Uh, you're at a game or you're on a committee or you're at church and you, you meet two or three people that are friends and you just ask them, how's business? How's the family? What are you guys doing for fun? You're listening for change. You're listening for basically, is there a difference between where they are and where they want to go? And do I have anything that would help them get there? It's as simple as that. So that's habit number eight. Habit number nine then is having a set time each week when you update your database and keep your uh, database uh, fresh, keep it up to date, uh, take all those uh, you know, piles of business cards and scraps of paper that you collected all week and loading it in, making sure that uh, your database is fresh. Uh, your database is the central nervous system of your business. And um, you've, got to, you've got to have a good CRM, you've got to have a good database. Mm -hmm. And, the, and that database, I would add, needs to be highly accessible from what, where you're working for field salespeople. You know, like the so many I I run I run into so often when I, I you know the only types of salespeople I really talk to are in field sales, and so often they're like, yeah, the CRM my, our deployment's not working well, and we're we're having we're struggling with it. And it's because the salespeople don't want to use it from the field. And I'm always, it's always like, well, have you tried to use it from the field? Is it, how's the, how's the mobile experience? Did you buy a CRM that doesn't have a good mobile experience? And now you're wondering why people that are working on their phones and their mobile aren't using it for, as much as you'd like. And, you know, it's, so keep your database fresh, make, make sure you, that your data, that your database is working the way you work. It's, it's. Uh, Absolutely. You know, important. I, what I, what I, uh, what I find, especially with new salespeople um, that were onboarding, I say, do you have a database? They say, yes. I say, can I look at it? And they'll have an Excel spreadsheet. And I'll say, hey, this is great. You know, now what we're going to do is we're going to export this into something that's more usable in the field. Because what you need is a, is a CRM that has three ingredients. Number one, it needs to be mobile friendly. You're going to be in the field. It's got to work on your phone. Excel spreadsheet not mobile friendly. Number two, needs to have a calendar. Uh, you're gonna calendar some of these calls, uh, you know, set people up, for example, on their annual real estate review. That's all loaded into your calendar. You don't have to think about it. Um, 
your customer service calls. Those will be loaded in. You don't have to think about it. It pops up. Uh, so number one, mobile friendly. Number two, calendar. Number three, um, simple and easy to use. Um, I don't know what your tech skills are, but you know we have we have CRMs that are very sophisticated, very relational databases, uh, very powerful, but not for everybody. You know what you what may work better for you is something that's simple. We'll give you the simplified version. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say a large percentage of the time when, when I talk to people that are using our product, a big thing that they're talking about when they're using it integrated with their CRM, obviously, is this is now a way we, because we connected this to the badge of the CRM, now we're using it in the field very easily, you know, and all this data is flowing back into the CRM. They're, they're using Badger, and as they use it, the data is getting collected. The data ends up in the CRM. We weren't collecting this data before, but now it's we're able to get it because you guys have made it easy. And I think this is a challenge for CRM systems in general to really be mobile. And certainly, like a, C, a spreadsheet or something isn't mobile, but it's just a CRM. There's they do so many things. Their mobile device was is enabled when they build a mobile app on the top of a CRM. Their goal isn't is to bring the power of that CRM to your mobile device, let you access the things on your mobile device that you were accessing in the CRM. It's it's often not to do this kind of, you know, quick update, being able to do your, you know, the thing that you're talking about doing, keep your database fresh. That's that's not usually what it was built to do. And so that's a struggle sometimes like where, you know, uh, I'll, I'll use Salesforce as an example, like people struggle to do the things they wanna do with their Salesforce mobile app because it's, Really complicated. Does lots of, does lots of stuff, but you know, if the, if you want to just keep your your database fresh, it's kind of it's a lot to just do that, right? Uh, if, if you're just if you just want to call, you know change the phone number on some customer or you know do your check in from your your mobile your, the the meeting that you just had and capture you know we got to change these five fields every time, so it's not it's a struggle to do things like that, right? And that's no, that's uh, no. we, we run into that a lot. I recommend. Um regardless of what uh, database or CRM you're using, that you organize a part of it in Ford. So family, uh, you know, his name, her name, kids' names, birth dates, dog's name, uh, mm -hmm. you know, everything about the family uh, should be in there. And friends, you know, mutual friends who, who you have that are mutual connections, occupation, where he works, where she works, if, if you're business to business, all about their business, you know, um, what business they're in, you know, what, what, what they're buying from you, uh, when they last bought from you, uh, everything about the business, recreation, you know, favorite hobbies, favorite sports teams, favorite restaurants, favorite vacation spots, um, dreams. And, and not um, just in the notes section, but actually you can, if it, the stuff that's important to you, you can create fields in a in, in some in a CRM or in something like Badger. You can create fields for this, and you can sync it. Um, you can if it if if knowing what you know, you could create a you you could create a field called dog's name if you wanted to, or you know whatever it is like the if, if whatever you deem to be truly the things that move the needle and are important. You can you know, there's, right. there's room for lots of fields. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a relational database. So, for example, right now, you know, football is, you know, we've got the bowl games coming. We've got the Super Bowl coming. You know, uh, you can you can type in 
the name of a football team and immediately it'll spit out all of the people in your client base that that's their favorite team. Yeah. And, and you can send them a message. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's great. So well, and, and you can going. make this your own, right? If you're someone who really enjoys talking about basketball, then that's, you can figure out who wants to talk about basketball with you. And then you can have another, right. if you also do mountain biking, you can have a flag for who wants to, I guess that's mountain right. biking is probably a little obscure, but if you, <laughs> it, the, I think there are certain topics that like a lot of people can talk about and connect on, right? Like, Absolutely. People like kids, for example, or dogs, like, you know, half the people must have a dog or, or kids, right? Like, so you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, I think that's it, these little, these little things. And I mean, I, I used to always write down my customers, kids names um, in it, back, back when I uh, was carrying a bag, like the, which we yeah, what their sports teams were, or what all, all this stuff I had a little, I, I had I would just put it in the notes field, but that's because the the thing that I was keeping information in in those days wasn't wasn't as complicated. It was like you know, well, I guess it started out as like in the little corner of my Rolodex on the card. I would write it. <laughs> but times are better now. We can we can really we can we can we can edit our uh, we can edit these fields to whatever we want. But but make I guess my point is make it yours. Like the things that you Absolutely. want to be talking yep. about with people, that that's the kind of information you should be capturing so you can kind of continue the conversation with them. You got it. So your your fourth and final principle is connect and communicate. So what what can salespeople take from the fourth and final principle? And how do they use that concept of connect and communicate in their, in their day-to-day -day sales lives. Sure. Well, you know, uh, we're all familiar with the golden rule, treat others the way they want to be treated. We probably are also familiar with the platinum rule, treat others the way they want to be treated, not the way you want to be treated. Um, and I think that's important uh, to, to discover how they want to be treated, how, you know, this gets into knowing their personality types, you know, there's a lot of uh, personality uh, training out there, DISC, you know, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, and so on. But being able to identify your, your client's personality um, uh, and then matching that, uh, we use the terms uh, in, in Ninja, power people, party people, peace people, and perfection people. And you know which ones are which. And you treat, you treat a perfection person very different than you treat a party person, for example. Um, or a peace person is very different than a power person. So knowing personalities, uh, knowing their learning modalities, that is, you know, how do they process information in their brain? Are they primarily visual, auditory, or kinesthetic? Um, uh, understanding body language, uh, you know, just what we call gesture orbit. Uh, everybody has a gesture orbit and how they move their hands. Um, you want to keep your orbit equal to or smaller than your client. If they have a very small orbit and you have a big one, uh, non-consciously, they don't trust you. They're afraid of you. Um, all of these things are, are basically reading the customer, knowing you know, how to communicate with them um, uh, the way they want to be communicated with. And um, 
you know, studying the science of that, uh, I think is important. And uh, being a, you know, in sales, you, you've got to be a master communicator. Makes a ton of sense. Um, well, next section, sales in 60 seconds. So quick questions, quick answers. First question, what's the difference between a sales ninja and a sales samurai? <laughs> well, if you look at the history, uh, I, I followed this on uh, the History Channel, the difference between a ninja and a samurai. Samurai were the palace guards in ancient uh, Japan, and they had the, uh, you know, the greatest, they lived in the palace, they had the greatest food and the greatest weapons and so on. But they also got a little bit of an ego, and they would not uh, go on missions sometimes for the for the emperor, and he became concerned about that. So he trained his gardeners to be in, in the martial arts, and the gardeners he called the ninjas, and they had to perform their missions at night, and so they were the, basically the uh, the invisible uh, warriors, and um, uh, we call it ninja selling versus samurai selling because. Uh, we think ninjas uh, are, you know, that's more appropriate. Um, results without the ego. Uh, just get the job done. Uh, don't worry so much about who gets the recognition and, and so on. Again, this idea of being a, a giver versus a taker and, uh, and results without the ego is the ninja. The ninja, the giver of little throwing stars. <laughs> So how can people increase their income per hour, which you talk about so much, so that they can have a life outside work? What's the headline on that? Well, I think there's really three things. One is focus. Uh, and there I would say Ninja Nine, Ninja Nine, Ninja Nine, the, thing, the nine habits we talked about earlier. You know, your your future is, is determined by your habits. And uh, number two would be if you can increase the value of your transaction, each transaction that you do, if you can uh, elevate uh, that. Uh, you may be in an industry where you can do that. You may not be. And number three is leveraging your time, uh, knowing how to invest your time, uh, perhaps hiring an assistant. Um, in real estate, the way you leverage your time is through listing property because the properties are, are working when you're on vacation. They're still being shown. Contracts are coming in. That's a, a great way to leverage your time. So take a look in your business and, and figure out, is there a way to leverage? And uh, if there's not, then is there a way to hire an assistant to handle uh, some of the paperwork, some of the details? Can you uh, give a brief explanation of the go-giver business strategy? I know you talked about the giver business strategy, but is it, is it the same thing as the go-giver business strategy? Well, yeah, you know, two books I recommend. One is the uh, Give and Take by Adam Grant. We talked about that earlier. That's kind of the science of giving. Another little book that I recommend is by Bob Berg and John David Mann called The Go-Giver. And it's actually a, uh, a parable. And it's it's a very easy read. It's, it's great. Uh, there's five um, uh, business principles. The first one is give more in value than you receive in payment. Uh, that's a principle that that I think uh, is important. It's our our business, you know, is built around that principle. Um, so, uh, you know, the go giver uh, uh, business strategy comes from the book, The Go Giver. 
What's the best piece of sales advice that you remember receiving in your career? <laughs> Business uh, go giver principle number one: create more in value than you receive in payment. Now, I was I was brought up that way as a kid. Um, I didn't really realize that that's what I was doing uh, until I read the book, The Go Giver, and they go, "Oh, well, that's a great fit. That's that's what I've been doing. That's what I believe." So. Uh, um, you know, we want to be paid for what we do, but we want to create more in value than we receive in payment, I think is a great, uh, great sales advice. Yeah, I've always said that you, you get to keep 10% of the value you create in the world. So yeah, I like it. if you want to, if you want a billion dollars, you gotta, you gotta create $10 billion in value. You'll, you'll get to keep <laughs> a billion. Um, so and I think that scales up and down because there's a lot of frictions on, on, on everything, right? So you, you, you don't just get to keep what you create. So right. maybe if you're, you know, growing vegetables in your own garden or something, but I don't know. In, in business, at least, I've always felt like that's a, a decent rule. It's like, and that's, you know, salespeople's commissions are usually around there. So it kind of makes sense, right? Right. Depending on the industry. Um, how do you stay motivated? Um, what, what, what motivates you? Well, at this stage of my, of my career, my life, uh, you know, we've, my wife and I are, are secure. We've, we've made our money in sales. Uh, really my mission now is to try to influence the sales industry to try to change the industry to move the industry more in the direction of relationship selling more in the, in the uh, direction of stop selling, start solving uh, more in the direction of the infinite game versus the finite game. Um, uh, I think hopefully we, we we're making an impact with that. Um, it's a different philosophy uh, than historic sales, but um, we have, we have quite a few followers and uh we have in our four-day training, we have over 100,000 graduates now, most of whom are in real estate, uh, but we have them in all, uh, all forms of, of sales, software sales, uh, jet sales, private jet sales, uh, insurance. Someone just tried to sell me private jet sales access this morning. I, I was like, oh, this isn't quite that, kind, that size company yet. <laughs> <laughs> they're like do you need a private jet i'm like no no i don't <laughs> they're like it's so much more convenient and safer i'm like oh maybe i mean that's how you look at it <laughs> but uh cool it was a cold email so i didn't follow up on that one uh well very cool and um is that the the best way people can, or I guess, tell me the best pe way people can reach out to you if they're interested in in the four day training or or learning more about your philosophies sure. and the things that you teach. Because I mean, there's 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 a lot here and and so much wisdom. You know, I mean, obviously, you've been you've been at this for a while as a leader in this field. Well, I think I'd recommend two or three things. One, uh, they you may want to pick up the Ninja Selling book. Um, and it's available on Amazon. It's also available on Audible. So if you're a more of an auditory, if you prefer to listen to books, uh, it's available that way as well. Uh, number two is our website, uh, which is ninjaselling.com. 
and there's uh, a lot of uh, complimentary information there that will help you in sales um, that you can check out and, and also learn about our, our uh, training that we offer, both live training as well as online training. And then if anybody wants to reach out to me personally, my, my email is Larry, L-A-R-R-Y at ninjaselling.com. Fantastic. Well, I'll try to summarize um, what you taught us here today in two minutes here. Just so many people are on the on the road, so you can, don't get to take notes. Um, so ninja selling is all about balancing high income and quality of life. Uh you, can, you should work on your mindset by controlling your emotional energy. You want to stay away from low or negative energy activities or people uh, and really stay away from being a victim, but instead by focusing on gratitude. So focus the first half hour, hour of the day. Um, you want to stay focused and keep your devices turned off. And you want to start with the Ninja Five. These are the daily habits that will build kind of set the stage for success. So start your day with gratitude and, af and affirmations. Um, time block your day and your week with your to-do list, the things that are really important to get done. And that means actually block the time on your schedule. Write two personal notes every day, because that's a very powerful way to connect with people. Um, review your hot list. Ask yourself, who's ready to write a contract? And Ask, ask yourself, what's the next step on this deal? And then take that step in this first hour, right? And you also want to, want to re review the warm list and see what you can do there to move the needle and get them hot. So gratitude moves you into this positive energy space um, and, and really allows you to be more performant and in, in this performance quadrant that, that Larry laid out. Um, there are finite games and infinite games and a, a transaction is, you know, being transactional is kind of being in the finite game. Um, whereas if you more focus on the relationship and the longer term and not just this deal, but your career, you're thinking about the infinite game. So it's not just this deal, but it's this relationship that you're going to have with this person you're doing with this, de this deal with for the next 20 years. They're gonna do business with you. They're gonna do business with you several times. You're gonna be able to grow that account, or do, they're, they're, if it's in real estate, they're gonna sell another house. But also, there's more to it. They're, they may know other people that you could do business with. You know, in the real estate example that you used, everyone knows four people a year that sell a house. So it's maintaining those relationships move you into that infinite game. And, and relationships are super important in in, in this uh, concept of ninja selling ninja selling has a four-step sales process first is connect and build rapport second is the you know, the informational steps you want to ask questions around pain or pleasure third step is develop your proposal and then fourth step is propose that solution um for that building a connection you want to ask forward questions you want to f family and friends o is occupation r is recreation is d is dreams and the answers to these forward questions um really can impact if you kind of just touch base people and ask these forward forward questions it'll lead to whether or not they may be warm or hot for you in terms of being a customer or prospect and you just you want to 
The way to figure that out is to listen for these changes over time. There are also four weekly habits that are in addition to the five first habits. Um, so there's work on your customer calls, there's scheduled time for annual reviews with your customers, and there's have 50 live interviews where you ask those forward questions and listen for change. Um, and then there's set up time every week to update your database and make sure that your, your information is clean. And it's really important there, I think, to have the ability to constantly be updating that easily and kind of at your fingertips. Treat your customers how they want to be treated. You want to read the customers so you match their personality and communication style. Um, well, this has been a great episode of the Outside Sales Talk, Larry. It's really, it's fantastic to have you on. Well, Steve, the way you summarized ninja selling, I would say you're a ninja. <laughs> well, thank you. I, it's better than being a samurai, apparently. No, too much yeah. ego with those guys. <laughs> um, and it's well, an honor to be with you. Well, that, thank you. The honor is all mine, believe me. Um, and uh, it's great to have everybody here with us today. If, if you work in field sales, you'll love Badger Maps. Number one route planner helps you sell 20% more, drive 20% less, get a free trial, badgermapping.com. And if anyone can think of any other sales reps that um, would benefit from learning ninja selling and the stuff that Larry talked about today, definitely forward this episode on to them and take care until next time, everybody.